We are now into the third episode of the Joys of Reading series. So far, we've seen what it takes to get into reading, especially from the eyes of a booktuber. How do the Gen Zs experience it in a world of ubiquitous information? In the next episode, we then went on to explore how a young working couple continue to make time in their busy lives to wander in a world of books and how technology has permeated through helping them to read more. Today, we take it up a notch. Let's enter the world of the avid reader, AKA the bookworm. Now, unless you're trying to describe piranhas in the Amazon, growing up, we've learned to associate a word for such people, voracious. But seriously, what do they read? How do they find the right books? And what are their habits? Let's find out. I'm Arun, with me is my friend Sangeet. This is another episode of Hey Arun Mew. With us today on the podcast is my dear friend, Krishnamurti V, or Krish. He currently serves as an executive director at a steel company in Ostrava, Czech Republic, where he's been living for over a decade. Now, Krish is what I call seasoned when it comes to reading, so much so that he reads enough books every year to beat every Goodreads challenge. He's even gone on to encourage his children to follow suit. And it's now their own little tradition where books are exchanged, discussed, reviewed, akin to maybe a little family book club. So, Krish, with no further ado, you want to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into reading? Thanks, Arun, for that nice intro. And yes, more than a decade is correct. It's uh, 11th year in Czech Republic now. About books, all I can tell you is, uh, I think my book reading started with uh, probably the weirdest reason one could actually find. I ended up schooling in uh, Tamil Nadu in uh, vernacular medium, which means I was studying in a Tamil medium school. And as I approached my final two years in school, I needed to switch over to an English medium because the future for a Brahmin boy in Tamil Nadu was uh, frozen. You have to be either an engineer or a doctor. So I know I have to take sciences and if I have to compete in a national level, I know I have to study in English. So I went into an English medium. A typical English medium school in Tamil Nadu teaches you everything that is written in English in Tamil. It's quite complicated. So the only way one could uh, get a better command over English is to start reading. And that's how I started reading. Of course, it's uh, early days. uh, You know, you always do the time-tested route. You start with James Adley Chase and probably some Perry Mason stuff. And then go into some of those thrillers like Robin Cook. And early days were quite confusing because I wasn't sure what I was planning to read. For example, I can just give you an anecdote that stayed with me forever. I picked up Robert Ludlum's uh, The Bone Identity. And before I started reading, I looked up the meaning for the word bone, mistaking it for the past participle of bear. <laughs> One need to understand it as Mr. Bone as I started reading the book. So this is how it was. It goes starts with fiction, then you start moving towards nonfiction, and then at some point in time you decide you should write. These are the three stages I feel in a serious uh, reader's life: fiction, nonfiction, and writing. And I think now I am in the second and third stages. Not that I don't read fiction anymore; I do read them. But if I go through my end of the year summary. It's what happens is it's more or less 60-70% of uh, non-fiction or biographies and histories mainly compared to fiction. 
But these fictions are also with some strong messages. They are not some light-hearted fiction anymore. I mean, that is mm-hmm. what happens. The frivolous reading give away to serious reading. This is how I see it. You you mentioned about how you sort of got into reading. But when did you kind of realize that you needed to read a lot more serious stuff or a lot more heavy stuff, if I could call it so? You always uh, end up thanking friends in your life uh, for moments like this. And I think in my case, it is a friend called Stanley Paul Memory. He was my colleague in uh, uh, Bombay when I was working for Mukun. This guy had this uh, complete command over literature and music. So I used to be in awe sort of a range uh, that he could discuss about, speak about, and uh, he impressed me. And he introduced me to some of the interesting authors like Jonathan Livingston, Siegel by Richard Bach, and he told me about The World According to Gap by John Irving. And uh, of course, Animal Farm was much earlier, but then he rediscovered Animal Farm after discussing with him. And that is the time I started to look for uh, authors who have an impact and who write in a different style. And I think my reading definitely changed to something more serious uh, when I read <clears throat> The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And I actually don't remember who recommended that book to me, and I'm forever uh, grateful to that person. That changed uh, my whole approach to reading. I mean, when I saw the amount of uh, research that had gone into writing that book and the way it had presented. And I think this is quite relevant in today's world when we see history getting rewritten to suit the narrative of those in power. Research, particularly uh, India, is a very strong case in that. But I see uh, a definitive reading on history is more important. I think uh, Third Reich started that. It's, it's an interesting point you make about reading in general, and you probably observed an evolution right in front of your eyes. And by that, I genuinely mean discovering books. So maybe when you started out early on, would you say that discovering books was straight probably just down to maybe you finding something in the aisles of a bookstore, perhaps word of mouth, but now reviews are quite readily available on the internet for you to just gorge on. Has that kind of diluted the experience in any way for yourself? Like I mentioned, uh... Stanley uh, led me to serious reading and it happened in Bombay, which was the best place to be in my opinion. In those pre-Google uh, and internet days, uh, the best place to pick up the books are actually the footpaths. And uh, if you had ever spent time in Bombay, you would know the footpaths around uh, Flora Fountain and King Circle littered with bookshops. And some of those uh, vendors were quite knowledgeable too, probably by you know peddling books around and some of them used to even recommend books to me. And uh, out of the blue, I would say, like, for example, uh, one guy out of the uh, payment shops in Florida Fountain actually sold me Catch-22. And I never knew about Joseph Heller before that. I mean, you're right. Uh, in those days uh, when you did not have so much of online repository available for looking up or to connect up with friends so quickly, it was only the close friend circle that you move with. And then what happens is, you latch on to an author and then you start exploring the books by that author. Then you go on a spree, like you read Catch-22 and then you start with uh, something happened, good as gold, God knows, picture this, and then you run through them all. And then you go to World According to Garp and then you go right to The Water Method Man and The 158-Pound Marriage, setting, by, setting the bears free and so on. So you run through the authors and then what happens is 
either in the uh, preface or in the acknowledgements, these authors end up mentioning someone who inspired them and then you start on them and then keeps uh, cascading. And that is how it was in the earlier years. On this episode, Krish, one of the things we wanted to delve into was the choice of reading. Specifically on that, what is your take on leaving books midway? Like, for instance, if they don't captivate you or bring that said joy, what would you do? I mean, has that ever happened before? We just left, left it midway or taken a decision and or maybe even been in that point where you think, is it me or is it the book? The first book I read this year was uh, English Patient. And I think this is quite a well-known book, made into an excellent movie also, probably a Booker Prize winner and all that. Honestly, halfway through the book, I had no clue what was going on and what were I doing with this book. I wanted to throw that book away in disgust, but then <laughs> I said, not fair. So I held on, I went through, completed the book, but I have no clue what was happening in that book. So... Happens like this sometime, but normally I don't uh, stop reading books. I finish everything that I start. So here's another thing. How do you find the next thing to read? I know you briefly covered it, but I'm not just talking books, maybe like poems or short stories, maybe even another blog. Is it is it the fact that you probably read an author and you just try and gorge on everything that the author has al- already come up with in the past, maybe look them up on uh, the internet and try and see where else they are present, go about reading them or maybe discovering uh, along the way? So when I know there is a good book to be read, I buy it immediately, not knowing when I will read it. And when I read what next, what I usually do is I try to balance uh, one uh, history with one biography, with one nonfiction, with one Hmm. fiction. And this is what I try to alternate. There is no golden rule here. Uh, For example, the last uh, two books I have finished just now uh, is like when I Hit You by Meena Kandasamy because it gets fantastic reviews. And the book before that was uh, the second volume of uh, Gandhi by Guha. So mm-hmm. I usually alternate between uh, nonfiction and fiction. Normally, I try to break the fiction cycle with some history or biography in between. And what I do from the, what to read next is uh, I have... Uh, two libraries here in Ostrava where I live. I keep most of the books in the first floor and I have a small library in the ground floor where I read, where I keep the books that I need to read next. So it's easy to go back to that bookshelf and then pick the next book because it's already arranged in that way. Yeah, that's indeed very disciplined. I actually quite recall a a conversation we had uh, a couple of years ago where I was just finishing a book. I think it was a nonfiction book. And uh, at that point uh, we caught up and you recommended this uh, this author, Akweke Emetsi. They had written uh, Freshwater. Yep. Uh, it's a brilliant book. And uh, for our, our listeners out there, I think it's an, it's an amazing book that's about this. Uh, uh, it's written by this author. She's uh, Igbo, Nigerian, uh, slash Tamil. Um, so I think the mother's uh, Tamilian, if I'm not mistaken. And the story is about this Nigerian girl who um, actually comes to terms with multiple identities as she kind of moves from uh, Nigeria to the US to pursue further studies. Fascinating read and uh, kind of really blew my mind. Uh, quick, quick uh, warning uh, Freshwater is not for the feeble hearted. <laughs> totally agree on that. On the next segment, Chris tells us how reducing screen time helped him read more and shares with us a little bit about his book loving family. So 
So something that's been fairly popular of late is people, uh, you know, setting targets for themselves on the number of books they'd like to read in a certain year, just as some sort of a yardstick by which they can make sure that they're potentially reading more books than what they read previously. Is that something that you do? I, I know you sort of do a, a recap, wherein I think I think you ma- you maintain this on your blog as well, saying you read these many books in the year. But do you sort of start off the let's say did you start off twenty twenty one saying I'm going definitely going to be trying and reading 60 books this year frankly speaking my target is uh, at least two books a month i mean uh, mm-hmm. there is no hard and fast year and uh, you know sometime what happens is uh, counting the books by numbers is not a fair assessment uh, for example uh, the biography of gandhi for sure will take you uh, two months to finish even if you read it every day it's a two volume biography so it's not going to be a a uh, simple read but it's going to be a useful read at the same time you cannot uh, throw away something that you have read quickly for example you may read a book like uh, the chronicle of a death uh, foretold by garcia you will finish it in one day and doesn't mm. mean it's a less of a book absolutely not and i think um, that book will leave you uh, you know disturbed for a long while than some of the longer books like for example fresh water freshwater is it a, a small book or a big book it's somewhere in between but what the time it takes it depends on what you do i'm sure arun would have the same feeling when i finished reading freshwater i thought i read the book twice because there are many paragraphs and many chapters that i read the second time to make sure i understood clearly what uh, uh, the author was trying to say i'm not saying she because uh, she claims to be a um, non person binary yeah, so hmm. so number in my opinion is not a meaningful target it sort of may drive you away from your main goal which is to get something from the books i would not mind if you read only five books in a year so long as the five you look back with some satisfaction and having grasped something new uh just for our listeners uh, uh the blog that we were talking about is one that krish maintains he's been uh, right maintaining this blog for the last i think 10 12 years is is that right krish true i think it started in 2009 if i remember correctly for our listeners you should check out his blog i think it's called uh, stranger uh, the link of the blog it would be provided in the show notes uh, in the description it is called uh, the stranger for a very simple reason because uh, that was one of the first books recommended by this friend stanley paul by albert camus and i never recovered from reading that book so stranger became part of my life my novel was called the known stranger this blog is called the stranger i have a tattoo on my body named called stranger my daughter has stranger tattooed on her so oh okay so uh, it's interesting because i was uh, when i stumbled upon your blog uh, krish uh, and i was reading up about uh, you know uh, Uh, the the book by albert camus i think it's one of those books that has some of the most uh, it's known to be uh, having one of the most enigmatic or the most uh, uh, i i can't quite describe the opening line of uh, that book right uh, but would you say that's one of the reasons why it sort of struck you at first go you know this book was introduced to me by my friend by quoting the first line uh, and uh, true you know it uh, catches you and then it never lets you go after that but i recently read a very nice uh, uh, article i think about a year ago where it said whether the first line was uh, mama died yesterday or is it maman died yesterday and there was some linguistic distinction that was being brought out in that article so quite interesting you know 
slightly digressing this is what happens when you read most of these uh, books with uh, notes and uh, references you end up picking at least five six additional books when you read one book so uh, krish we we understand you've got um, two kids uh, who are also into reading we just want to understand like uh, the dynamic there so is it something like they naturally took into or was it just the sheer sight of probably their dad and gross turning pages uh, at champage that got them into reading and secondly how is it now living in a home where essentially you've got like a family book club of sorts you know with a huge library as you described earlier like a, a book bookshelf on one floor another bookshelf on the other floor tell us a bit more about that dynamic uh, we are a book loving family i mean uh, i don't think any of us in our home ever goes to bed without uh, reading at least few pages and it helps and i always feel having books lying around in the house is what um, gives uh, correct feeling for the house to be called a home and many people say home is hearts home is wife home is kids but i believe home is books and uh, i also feel today's generation i mean maybe i'm being too presumptuous about it maybe losing out on reading because they are too much addicted to the screen but i think uh, my reading again in between improved when i decided to have a strict uh, non screen time to stay off let's say twitter over the weekends or uh, not look into the phone during the office off office hours except for the calls etc so otherwise what happens is it's a convenience of uh, thumbing through like you read one article then you jump to the next and then you see the score and then you see uh, covid and then you lose the thread i mean you are not uh, able to concentrate much a screen can never let you concentrate and that's why i still feel holding a book in my hand is better reason why i am still not uh, owner of a kindle though i gifted one mm. to my wife i like i like reading the book keeping it in my hand like the old romantic says i like the smell of the books so and just with books considering you own a lot of them are you one of those who like to keep your books in pristine conditions no dog ears i, I understand you've got bookmarks as well so perhaps no highlighting pencil marks <laughs> so i i assume that's how it is isn't it you'd like to keep it in exactly the condition you got it in not exactly i make sure the spines of the book are not broken i see uh-huh. to that uh, the corners are not folded if somebody does it uh, they are out of my life forever but <laughs> annotations annotations are plenty i mean i highlight i underline i mark i make notes most nice. of my books are not uh, i think ready to be sold as a second hand book on amazon because no one would buy them uh, i make lot of notes i make underlines because it helps when you go back a little while to skim through them i usually use a pen i underline or i make some remarks and most of these books come with some six seven empty pages at the end i think they are meant for people like me so i scribble my notes there and it helps me when i look back to the book so the last few pages are small summary of the highlights of the book as i understood them for the first part you are right they are always maintained in pristine conditions but inside a lot of scribbles right but and and what what do you do with these books I mean, do you at the after you finish reading them do you hold on to them because you've got the sentimental sort of attachment to it um or are you okay to like give it out for charity maybe contribute to the the local book club or the library or something i'm quite positive about my books no i don't give it away i see if i lend it to somebody i make it a mark somewhere and i pursue with them till they give it back and in the same condition you've given it to them isn't it <laughs> that is that is a little too much to expect but i mean most have not disappointed me that's good 
on the next segment why must we read fact-checked neutral pieces of writing and why elitism in reading doesn't help anyone Krish also tells us about the lessons he learned from publishing a book in India and shares his plans for his upcoming books interested to know what sort of uh, speaks to you is it the language that uh, you know of uh, that's used in the story or is it usually the characters you know are there uh, or you know are there sections or other components which you might be okay to ignore so if there are if the characters are very good but the prose is weak uh, maybe that's not up your style so do you have that sort of a bias or a preference to me content and uh, language are equally important because i cannot uh, understand if you take the trouble of writing then you better spend some time and uh, doing it right i mean i cannot uh, tolerate uh, shoddy writing so language is very important but i think if the floral language without any content makes no sense so yeah so language and content is what is relevant yeah. and i think the two eventually end up creating memorable characters in your mind you no know? the third one cannot happen without the first two and are there any characters that sort of you know have been memorable for you and sort of have stuck with you uh, over all these years from, from some of your favorite books i would say this is the the messiah in the the book is called the illusions the adventures of a reluctant messiah there is this character who is the mechanic who comes across the messiah in the book i think his character stayed with me for a long but in uh, serious fiction i would say garp has been a most memorable character for me world according to garp ts garp stayed with me for a long long time because you talk about language but there is this uh, this aura of elitism when it comes to reading uh, when you, is that something you've come across when you're speaking to some of those who might be sort of getting into reading and you might probably go and tell them don't waste your time let's say reading chetan bhagat or i'm taking chetan bhagat as an example here but do you sort of come across those readers where you'd tell some tell them it's okay if you don't have to waste your time reading some of those books just because they're fancy because they probably don't add any value to you as such i think it is wrong to be condescending to someone who starts reading i think uh, if you find someone reading you will at least see someone who is making some progress and i think you should only encourage it uh, there are ways of saying it i mean for example uh, taking your example along uh, if someone is reading chetan bhagat and if you do not like chetan bhagat and i don't think you should go tell them uh, in a condescending tone which can really put anyone off by saying don't waste your time on chetan bhagat etc etc but you can probably word it better if that is your conviction you can say while well, reading chetan bhagat is okay but in my opinion uh, other book uh, abc by xyz could be more meaningful to you or you could probably learn more or enjoy more and i don't think it should be an object of learning and i think books are meant for enjoying you know if you end up learning something along the way it's good but i think for me the primary condition should be you should be able to enjoy a book uh, i know uh, i'm contradicting myself having said that i did uh, you know trudel along with few books uh, which i had only to finish for the purpose of having started it ignore that fact but i think the main purpose should be enjoying and you should never discourage someone from reading i think there is uh, too holier than thou and i think it reeks of uh, being a fake and no serious reader would ever do that to another one shouldn't rather do you also read points of views maybe from the other side uh, points you probably don't agree with but you just want to 
research and understand better before you make uh, an informed sort of judgment on any any topic i try but to be honest i think we are all inclined to read uh, what we believe to be true already you know unless mm. this is a totally an unrelated topic for example my favorite topic is uh, politics in india today mm-hmm. and and i mostly end up reading uh, all those that criticize uh, modi because that is what i resonate with and even if there is a proven article that says uh, modi is doing something right i don't think i am mentally inclined to believe i will start questioning the veracity i will sure. say the paid article and so this bias is there but when on neutral matters when i come mm-hmm. across i at least try to see most of the contrasting point of view but with today's uh, media and the profuse of article and the amount of information available online it is very difficult to sift through and see which is real which is fake who is right who is wrong still i like to read magazines like caravan uh, which are established for their integrity right but then i also see caravan is uh, totally anti modi so will caravan do a balanced article i am not sure anymore but caravan resonates with me so i read them and then i read like i said anyone who is criticizing modi is my friend so i don't think it's a very balanced statement to say but that's a fact do you ever find yourself reading uh, only to sort of inspire your writing be it your blog or be it let's say a specific novel that you're working on no i think i keep my reading and writing as uh, two different areas and with respect to writing the first uh, novel was anyway a long time coming so i knew one day i would write that novel so that is done and dusted well are there any books that you know you you, you wish you had written them yourself animal form oh wow straightforward simple answer because it has been asked before that is why <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i will take the liberty of giving you a second answer animal form in book and if as a poem i wish i had written these two myself your writing you know, you've uh, you've maintained a blog for a while i, I think you uh, you published two books yourself uh, as well right right uh, i maintain a blog one of my book was published in india uh, by a publisher Uh, but i think either he did not do a good job or i was not around in india to promote it and sort of uh, it didn't fare well i think probably thousand odd people must have read that book and uh, anyway the contract with that person is over i plan to republish it with a better publisher on which i am working on now or if everything else fail i will put it on kindle ebook the second book i self published because i didn't have the time uh, to go through another publisher and then wait for it this is a collection of short stories on kindle so this is a much simpler and easier read whereas my first book is a full length novel and this could take a little longer i'm having plans of republishing it if i am successful that could happen else probably by the end of the year i will put it on kindle again was Krish and do we have some seriously good book recommendations Stranger by Albert Camus and of course a favorite and a best seller The World According to Garp by John Irving 
So far, we've had three episodes in this series and each one had a different guest and tackled a different theme. However, we've seen that almost all of them agree that simple things like not chasing a crazy book target, having a no mobile screen time during the day and tech like audiobooks do really help you read more, enjoy and appreciate the book a lot more. Recording for this series, The Joy of Reading, has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to bring to you our next episode and the final one in this series where we talk to yet another special guest. But this time, it's a little less about reading and a lot more about writing. Want to know more? Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you'd be notified when the next episode comes out. Also, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is HYOMPodcast. That's it from us today. Until next time, don't forget to unmute yourself. <laughs>